Uh, this morning we're going to be looking and touching on uh, fear, hope, and faith. And hope is, a, is an interesting thing. Uh, there's the side of it that you can say, I hope something is going to happen. You know, I, I hope this will happen. Um, many of you might be thinking, um, I hope spring will be coming soon. You know, sick of fighting this mud. Mud is everywhere, and I'm I'm sick of all this mud. I hope I hope spring is coming soon. We know that it's it's going to come sometime, but we hope it's sooner rather than later. Um, you may be saying, I hope we're not going to be here too long this morning. Some of you might be thinking that. Um, there's different sides of of hope, and we're going to be looking at at hope this morning. And as we turn and look into Psalm 27 to kind of get us out of our normal routine, I'm going to ask that you would stand as as I read this today. I know this is getting you out of your comfort zone. You're already starting to to shift and get comfortable in your seat. And so uh, you can follow along as I read uh, Psalm 27, beginning in verse one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh and my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in my time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above mine enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said... Seek my face. My heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. What a privilege it is to be able to open it, to know that the words that we read are not just Um, They are not history that we are reading about, but they are alive and they desire to speak to our lives. They desire to transform us. And I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that you've given your spirit to guide us and direct us. And as we come to your word, I pray that 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 we would be sensitive to your spirit's leading. Lord, just we commit this passage to you, asking that you would be our guide this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Many of the words that David uses here, um, he refers to 
uh, his enemies and going up against his enemies and everything coming against him. And it shows the battles and the struggles that, that David faced. And you are familiar with, with David and the different struggles, you know, of Saul out to kill him and the various struggles that David faced throughout his life. Um, yet David did not lose hope. Uh, we can, we have all probably read stories from history, maybe of prisoners of war who had, uh, who had lost hope and shortly after losing hope, then, uh, their fight was over with. They, they gave up, they quit. But then we've read of great examples of people that have never given up hope. They've always been, been fighting to the end and the confidence that that gives them. So hope is a powerful thing. It is a very powerful thing. G.K. Chesterton said, there is no medicine like hope, no incentive so great and no tonic so powerful as expectation of something better tomorrow. Um, You saw a lot of people a few months ago back in November putting hope in one candidate or another, Uh, right or wrong. Well, Putting that much hope in any candidate is wrong. But, and you see the despair afterwards. I'm sure you've seen videos of those on the losing side just in tears. Why? Because they had placed so much hope in something that let them down. Now, the hope that we are talking about this morning is not a blind, oh, I wish that this would happen. But this is a confidence Hope can mean to want something to happen, but the hope that David had here was of of a confidence in God or a faith in God. In Jeremiah 17 and verse 7, it says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. So David had a faith in God. Your faith will give you hope for life. If it is placed in the right thing, David's faith was planted firmly in God and it gave him hope for life. Even in the midst of great enemies coming against him, it said, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. His hope was in the Lord. This is an important place for us to start. It is impossible for you to have Hope for this life if you do not personally know God. If you do not know Christ as your Savior this morning, you cannot have this faith, this confidence that David had. So the beginning of this is you need to examine, do I know Christ as my Savior? Has there been a time in my life where I have cried out and I have trusted in his death that for payment for my sin, where I have cried out and said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you came, you were born, you lived a spotless life, you died on the cross, you were buried and you rose again the third day, just as you said, and I am trusting fully in you for salvation. Because David's faith was planted firmly in God, it gave him hope for life. And because he knew God personally, He focused in this passage on three things that we want to look at. Verse one, he says, the Lord is my light. So right here we see how personal this was to David. 
The Lord is my light. He wasn't saying the Lord is a light, but the Lord is my light. What does it mean that God is our light? Well, if you think about light, light is something that gives confidence. Think about that. If you've gone outside at nighttime, if you uh, and it's you're out in the country, especially and it's pitch black before you go outside, you look for a flashlight, don't you? One is you want the confidence to know where you are walking. You want to make sure you're not stepping on something dangerous. You want to make sure you're not going to run into something. It gives you confidence that, hey, I, I can see where I'm going. I know where this path is taking me. Um, it gives you confidence of knowing, hey, if I hear something, if you hear something over on the, on the side of you, what is the first thing you do? You try to put the light over on it, don't you? Because you want to know what is over there. Darkness brings fear. Darkness brings fear, but light gives confidence. Darkness is unknown and is frightening. Now you may say, well, I don't have a, I don't have a fear of the dark. But the Lord is my light. David was focusing on when I am trusting in him, I have confidence in this life because I know the path before me. I know that he is leading. But light not only gives confidence, but it's also encouraging. Um, One of the worst parts of January, and maybe you can disagree with this if you want, but one of the worst parts of January is everyone shuts their Christmas lights off or almost everyone. And you notice, man, the town just seems really dark. Part of the joy of Christmas is all the lights on display. Um, if you were able or have been able to go through jolly holiday lights up in Des Moines and just the lights after lights after lights. Light is very encouraging. Um, even in Sunday school this morning, we were talking about how the sun poked through the clouds this week. And it was like, wow, what is that? You know, you immediately, man, what is this bright light? It's been so long since we've seen it. Why? Light is very encouraging. We love seeing the sunshine. We love seeing the warmth that it brings. So light is very encouraging. And David says, the Lord is my light. The encouragement that comes from knowing the Lord. Doesn't matter what he's facing. Doesn't matter what battles are in front of him. The encouragement that comes. But light, as we said, gives confidence, but it allows us to see things clearly. Have you ever had maybe a, uh, a shirt that you look at it inside and you think you know what color it is and you take it out in the sunshine and all of a sudden it's a different color? Have you ever had that happen? Well, the lighting in your house wasn't that great. And so it appeared to be one way. And then when you get it in pure light, wow, I can see now clearly what color this is light brings clarity in uh in psalm 119 and 105 it says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path have there been times in your life where you've said lord i need direction right now i need a light to shine on my path for me to see clearly which way you are leading David found that in the Lord. He said, he is my light. 
He is the one that guides my steps. He leads me in the path that I ought to go. We, we even refer to this when we say if somebody is going to shed light on issues. What do we mean? We mean that they are going to clarify. They are going to bring out what is really meant there. So light makes us see things clearly. And coming to the light of God, the light of the word, it helps us see our, ourselves clearly. It helps me see my sinfulness. It helps me see my heart, what it is truly like. Apart from the light of God's word, I can begin to think, oh, I'm not that bad. Look at this. I did that. That was really good of me. But when I come to God's word, I see, you know what? My heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Even my righteousness is as filthy rags. So the light, he is my light. It shows us the truths of ourselves that we don't want to see, but that is good for us to see. So it shows us our blemishes. It shows us our sinfulness, the things we need to to give over to him to improve. But light also allows for us to grow. How many of you have plants in your house that are starving for light right now and are not doing so well? You know, they, you can see the effects of all these cloudy days. And so what do we do? Sometimes we have to bring in artificial light to try to, to try to keep them going along until spring comes. But it, it doesn't work as well as the sun shining on them. Light allows for growth. The, the importance of light of that even on the first day that God created the light. The importance in our life for light. But we read, turn over to John chapter 3. David focused on the Lord is my light. But in John chapter 3, and starting in verse 16, you all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is a condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. So we see that David focused that the Lord is my light, and we see that men love darkness rather than light. Why, why, do, why do they hate the light? Because it brings conviction. It says, loves darkness lest they be convicted, lest they be reproved. So naturally, in our sinful state, we do not come to the light because we love darkness rather than light. It is only when God works in our heart as we submit to him that we see our need for the light. But then one more thing with light. The Lord is my light. God is light. Knowing him personally is knowing the light. It does not say that God is filled with light. It says God is light. 
In 1 John 1, 5, it says, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. There is no darkness in God. The Lord is my light. He is not a reflection of the light. He is the light. And in John 8, in verse 12, it says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So David, first of all, says, the Lord is my light. But then he goes on and he says, the Lord is my salvation. So he focuses on the Lord as his light and the Lord as his salvation. And salvation here means liberty or freedom. Well, what does what does salvation give us freedom from? It gives us freedom from the power of sin, from the bondage of sin, that we were slaves of sin, but now we are servants of God. Salvation gives us freedom from death, that the wrath of God has been removed as we trust in him. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And down in verse 55, it says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory is through Jesus Christ. And he says, because of that, because of the victory, therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The fear of death is gone. As I know Christ, as I've experienced his salvation in my life, I no longer have to fear death. But salvation also brings brings freedom from and liberty from the fear of the unknown. Why can, how can we say that? Because knowing Christ, I know that he is in control. I know that he is sovereign. He is overall. So why should I fear about what will be tomorrow? His word tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow can worry about its own things. As I trust in him, it brings freedom from the fear of the unknown, and it also brings freedom from being alone. Freedom from being alone because his word tells us in Hebrews that he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, you can make promises to ones you love. Hey, I'm never going to leave you. But we can't, we can't keep that promise. We don't know how many days we will be given. So salvation means free. we have freedom from the fear of being alone. And he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Because of these things, why do I need to fear anything in front of me? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. So he said, He is my light, He is my salvation, and He is my strength. In Isaiah 40, In verse 31, it says, those that wait on the Lord, he will strengthen. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That God strengthens you as you are depending on him. I'm sure there are many this morning that could testify of in those moments when I thought that I couldn't go on anymore. 
the Lord strengthened me. On those days where I thought, I can't take this, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard my cry, and he strengthened me. What a wonderful reminder, what a wonderful promise, what a wonderful truth that David found in the Lord is my strength. Think about how David experienced this early on in his life when coming up against Goliath. Goliath came to him and everything was in his favor. He had size, he had strength, everything was in his favor. But David knew that his strength and power was not in himself, but it came from the Lord. And what did he say? Everybody, David, are you sure you can do this? You know, everybody, you're only a child. You can't do this. And David said, you know what? God has saved me from the mouth of the lion and the mouth of the bear. He will deliver this giant as well. And afterwards, he gave glory to God. So if we focus on the character of God like David did, it will give us hope for today, for tomorrow, for the future. Can you say, he is my light. He is my salvation. He is my strength. So how can you have this hope? Well, first of all, looking at the past victories that God has given in your life and in others' lives gives you hope. Looking at what has God done in the past, how has he been my strength in the past, how has he, when coming to the word of God, wow, look how David depended upon him and God saved him. He cried out to him and he saved him from his enemies. Looking at past victories Looking at how God has been faithful in the past gives us hope for the future. In Hebrews 13 and verse 8, it reminds us of the truth that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, as I look to his word, I can say, you know, just as he was faithful here, I know he will be faithful here. David could look at times in his life and say, you know what? Every time I have depended on God, he has always been faithful. Don't you think that that gave him the strength and the confidence that even when a whole flood of enemies came about and he gives some pretty graphic, obviously they weren't going to eat him, but just a graphic term of when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh. I mean, they were trying to consume him. They were trying to to eliminate him. He says, when they came up against me, They stumbled and fell. Why? Because his confidence was in the Lord. So recounting past victories gives me hope for the future. But then commitment to God gives me hope as well. Uh, David, his commitment in verse 4, he said, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He said, Lord, I want to be near you. Is that your heart cry today? Can you say, my desire is nearness to God. I want to know him. I want to draw near to him. But he said, I want to, I want to know you. I want to dwell in your house all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to worship you, to gaze upon you. Um, it means he was talking with, I want to admire you. I want Um, out of love and affection, to seek you and to worship your holy name. So even in the midst of facing battles, David's prayer was, Lord, I want to be near you. I want to worship you with a pure heart. And then he said, I want to cry out to you. Commitment to God 
leads us to crying out to him. Crying out to him, crying out to his name. But then also, knowing God's nearness gives you hope. What is the the confidence that we found um, in, in Psalm 46 and verse 1 we see, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. So the fact that God is near gives us confidence. Man, how can I handle this? How can I do the things that I'm supposed to? How can I resist this temptation? You know, God is near. He is strengthening me. He has promised that he will give me what I need to be obedient. And I know that he is near. But then look at in verse 13 of chapter 27 in Psalm. How to have hope in this life. David focused on the hope of heaven that we have. The joy of heaven that he looked forward to. He says, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I would have lost heart long ago. I would have been discouraged if I would not have been focusing on heaven. If I was not focusing on eternity. And after focusing on that, what does he say? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So the importance of focusing on eternity, focus on eternity. So today, do you have the heart cry of David? Do you say, the Lord is my light and my salvation? Whom shall I fear? You know what? It doesn't matter what happens in this life. In knowing Christ, I have everything we need. Um, I don't remember who it was that said, if all I had woke up and all I had today was Christ, I'd have everything I need. Can you say that this morning? Can you actually say that from your heart and and mean it? That if everything else were taken away, Christ is truly all that I need. So no matter the battles that you might be facing today or might be down the road in your future, the struggles you might be dealing with, the discouragement that might come your way, the temptation you might face, remember that this, that if you seek after God, he will give you everything you need to be victorious. David, in the midst of facing enemies, could say, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation, and the Lord is my strength. Whom shall I fear? Let's pray. Lord, As you worked in David's life, you desire to work in my life. That I would know firsthand of of the impact of the light of you transforming my heart. Lord, as you worked in David's life so that he could hope in you, that his faith was firmly planted in you. Lord, you you desire that. For each of us, it's so easy for doubt and despair to come in without without us really even being aware of it. But Lord, as I come to your word, uh, your word shows me where maybe I've been trusting in myself instead of trusting in you. 
Lord, I pray that today that we would be willing vessels for you to use, that we would have, um, that it would be our prayer to hope only in you, that our faith would not be placed in uh, our health, our money, in someone else, or even in ourselves, but it would be placed only in you. Lord, thank you for your word. I thank you for this passage. I pray that Um, It would continue to work in our heart, that it would continue to transform us, and I thank you for its powerful working. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.